welcome to episode 296. You can't start, you can't make a joke just before you start recording and then start recording. I'm sorry! Jill's, My boots are squeaky. Jill's wearing new boots, and I was like, are you ready to go? And she's like, yep, yeah, absolutely. And I was like, you can start. And she's like, my boots are really squeaky. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode. It's like, All right. It's 296. Yeah. Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. Hi, Adam. Hi, Jill. <laughs> Hello. Um, today is the 27th. I was going to say it's the last episode before the new year, but it's not because we have one for you on Monday and New Year's Eve as well. So. We are ded- really dedicated to this we podcast are. thing. Uh, what, uh, what are we doing today? Today, we are going over our favorite and best books of 2018. That's right. Everyone else does the best books list. So of course, we're going to do it as well. Uh, we're going to do this two ways. The main list, Jill and I both have our top five books that were published in 2018. We'll go back and forth, starting with our fifth to our number one. Uh, but before that... We'll each, we each also have three books that we absolutely loved this year that weren't published in 2018. So they're not exactly, you know, best of 2018. Um, but they were books that we loved that we read in 2018 for whatever reason we hadn't gotten to them earlier because there's a lot of books that are out there. Um, so we'll dive into those in just a second. But before I do that, I'm going to keep talking because I think you're looking something up. So I'm going to keep killing time. My spreadsheet was incorrect. Uh oh. I had the wrong year for a book. Uh oh. It's not a 2018 book, it was a 2017 book. Uh oh. I'm just realizing this now, so it's fine. It's fine. Do you want me to keep all this in? Or do you want me to cut all this out? You can keep it all in. All right. Uh, while Jill is doing this kind of thing, I am going to tell you that if you would like to connect with us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ProBookNerds. You can go to our website, professionalbooknerds.com. There you can join our Viber reading community, or you can email us any questions you might have. Uh, to uh, you know, get book recommendations or whatever it is that you're curious about, you can find us at professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. Uh, also, while I'm here, in case you missed the last couple episodes, we are doing a 2019 Professional Book Nerds Reading Challenge. So similar to uh, Book Riot's Read Harder Challenge and all the other ones that are out there, we have 12 different reading challenges for you. And if you complete the whole thing and send us a screenshot or a picture or tag us in a tweet or anything at some point in 2019, at the end of next year, we are going to be giving away devices for everyone who completed the challenge. Uh, not everyone, sorry. We're going to give away a couple devices for people. We're not going to have devices for everybody. That would be bad. Um, if you want to see what the challenges are and find the printable uh, image, you can go to our website or our social media. We'll have it for you all over the place. Have I done enough? Yeah, I think we're good. Okay. I think I found a replacement one. Cool. All right. So first, let's start with the books that we both read for the first time in 2018 that we adored that were not published this year. Okay. Uh, so I will let you start with the first of your three. My first one is The Rest of Us Just Live Here. So good. Yeah. So, so good. This book is amazing. It's basically about... It's like in a magical community, sort of, but it's like the not chosen ones. Yeah. It's like where superheroes exist and there's life altering situations going on. But the story isn't about the people who are affect- who are preventing or causing those things to happen. It's just about the rest of But they're still the affected kids. by it. Like, it's just amazing. Yeah. They're just like high school kids trying to graduate and it's like, oh, there's that freaking supernova situation going on. It's, a, it's so good. Highly recommend it. It's like... It's, and it's uh, Patrick Ness is who wrote it. I should have mentioned Thank that. Thank you. I forgot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Highly recommend it. Do you have other things to say about it, or are you still? It's just so. I mean, it was delightful, and I and I have to say, it was one of the few instances of a book that I think did a really good um, portrayal of OCD tendencies. Um, and I say that as somebody with OCD tendencies, mm-hmm. um, it it felt very accurate um, about what that can feel like when you're like stuck in that loop. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was so good. It's wonderful. Um, my first one is The Call by Potter O'Geen. This is a Irish fantasy horror novel. And I'm going to go ahead and take credit for all of the checkouts of this title that Potter got over 2018 because I told everyone in our office about it. I told guests on the show who then went and purchased it. I, I've told everyone about this book, but it's a it's a story where fairies exist um, and about 2,000 years ago, men, you know, the, the people, you know, human beings uh, treated them really poorly and banished them to this other land. And now every single teenager who's growing up at some point has to go to that land and it, they have to survive a full day there without being basically murdered by these fairies. Um, and a, a day in the fairyland is about three minutes in real in the real world. And people just they don't know when they're going to go and they just vanish. And then everyone around them has to just sit there and wait to see if their body comes back in three minutes. Um, their body always comes back, but a lot of times they don't make it. It's brutal. It's a brutally uh, violent book, but it is wonderful and creepy and so, so good. And if you like it, which you will, uh, there's a second book in the series that came out this year called The Invasion, which I have not yet listened to, but it's on my early list. So, um, yeah, The Call by Potter O'Gean is... Creepy and wonderful and amazing. Um, my next one is We Are Never Meeting in Real Life by Samantha Irby. I listened to the audiobook and, oh my God, this is hysterical. I, I just, it's just, it's amazing. It's just like all these um, essays that uh, Samantha Irby, who's a comedian, um, does on a variety of topics. And it's just, it's a very, she has a very distinct uh, storytelling voice. And I highly, highly recommend it. I know she has other books out that I fully intend to read on audiobook as well. Nice. Um, my next one is Marathon Man by William Goldman. Uh, William Goldman was probably best known in the book world for Princess Bride. He passed away this year. And I mean, he was a prolific writer and screenwriter and all sorts of things. Um, but I'd never really read any of his other novels other than Princess Bride. So after he passed away, I decided I wanted to find one. And Marathon Man was this... Uh, kind of heist thriller that he wrote that became uh, the movie of the same name that was also really good. And it has everything you could possibly want in a heist movie. It has Nazis and diamonds and dentists. And it's just, it's uncomfortable and creepy and fun and smart and intelligent. It's just so good. And William Goldman is one of the best writers really of all time. And um, I need to go back and read all of the novels that he wrote as opposed to just the nonfiction stuff that I adored of his. So uh, Marathon Man by William Goldman is my next one. And that was written, I think, way back in the 80s. So not even close to 2018. Okay, this one's kind of a cheat because it's a 2019. I laughed when you said this, yeah. (laughs) So this actually doesn't come out until 2019. But it wasn't published in 2018, so I'm counting it. But it was so good. Um, It is The Invited by Jennifer uh, McMahon. She is, um, she writes a lot of books that are sort of ghost stories and, um, 
thrillers as well. I really enjoyed The Night Sister um, and uh, The Winter People. So her next one is called The Invited. And it is about, um, it's basically, it is a ghost story. Um, it's a really spooky ghost story. I mean, she does a really good job of uh, setting this up um, as it being spooky and creepy. Um, there are witches involved, like old time witches, or I guess I should say women hung for witchcraft. Um, and it's about a haunted house. I mean, it's just, it's phenomenal. So if you like your uh, your spooky ghost stories, I highly recommend that. I believe it comes out. I don't remember it. I'm not going to say because I will totally mess it up. Is it January or is it? Not it's even? not. I think it's okay. it's either March or May. I think it's yeah. a, a month. <laughs> May. <laughs> we do get these advanced reader copies of books that it's like, this book's coming out in September. And I'm like, but it's this September. Come on. Um, my last of these ones is Lillian Boxfish Takes a Walk by Kathleen Rooney. I talked about this a lot in previous episodes. And it's this woman who has retired from uh, at writing ad copy in New York. Basically, think of like if you've ever seen Miracle on 34th Street, think of like Macy's and Gimbel's like that time and that type of situation. She wrote ad copy and she was wildly successful for it in that time of uh, time of America and in New York City. And now she's in her 80s. She's retired and it's New Year's Eve and she's by herself. And traditionally on New Year's Eve, she goes to this specific restaurant, has a nice meal, uh, this Italian restaurant that she's known for years, and then kind of just calls it a night. But this night, she decides to basically walk all around New York City. She walks about 10 miles uh, on New Year's Eve and meets all sorts of wonderful characters and reflects on her life. And it's just, if you have an interest at all in nostalgia and uh, old-timey New York City, which Joe and I both do, and um, like the world of like, ad writing and stuff has always been very um i've always had like a special place in my heart for it especially because of miracle on 34th street uh, this is just it was so good um, and it comes with the highest recommendation i can possibly give it my mother who is the most literary person i know who will scoff at new york uh, she'll like she'll read a national book award winner and be like mm, here are the things i disliked about that book this one to her she said was flawless so diane sokol is a big fan of it so you know everyone else will love it those are our favorite books we read this year that were not published in 2018. And now we're going to do our top 10 books that were published in 2018. So do you want me to start or would you like to? You can start this time. Okay. Uh, I Some of mine, actually, I think most of mine are people who have been on the podcast as authors. And that's not to like give them special love or anything. But we're very fortunate that we get sent a bunch of incredible authors now. And when I read their books, I'm blown away. So that's why mine are several of the ones that they are. So the first one is Seven and a Half, Seven and a Half Deaths of Evil and Hardcastle by Stuart Turton. Stuart was on with both Jill and I relatively recently, so I won't spend a lot of time on this. But if you're a fan of Agatha Christie, murder mysteries, things of that nature, you're going to love this book. Um, it's one of these stories where as soon as you think you have a beat on what's going on, something goes, comes out of left field and completely changes what you think is going to happen. And when you're certain that you know what's going to happen, you're absolutely wrong. Um, again, it's basically if you take Agatha Christie and folded it into three other Agatha Christie books and then had Stuart write it. I have no idea how he wrote this still, even after talking to him for an hour. It's amazing. Uh, Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle by Stuart Turton. My top one is Land Whale by Jess Baker. I love Jess Baker. 
Oh, you're starting at the top? I thought we were going to start at oh, five. Oh, I thought we said we were starting at the top. You said in the intro, I thought we were starting at the top. That's fine. There's, it's These are our five favorites. It's fine. That's fine. We can redo it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's just our ten favorite books. It's not real, I guess. No, real. Jeez, <gasps> oh, Adam. I thought I said, I said my fifth favorite book. I wasn't. <laughs> we're <laughs> listening. <laughs> yeah. She'd throw this at me. No, I swear you said at the very beginning of this. Whatever. Whatever. Talk, talking about Landwell by Jess Baker. <laughs> your favorite book of 2018. So Landwell is my favorite book of 2018. Um, I'm pretty sure I talked a lot about it uh, when it came out. But it is very, um, it's body positive. Jess is the um, blogger behind the militant baker. Uh, I love everything about it and her. And it's just magical. That's a good description. It is magical. <laughs> Uh, my favorite book of 2018, since that's the order we're going Sorry. in, <laughs> is A Place for Us by Fatima Farin Mirza. I just recently re-listened to it because the story is so beautiful. Uh, she tells the story of this uh, Muslim American family as they're growing up. And the book starts with a wedding of one of the daughters. There's two daughters and a son. Um, it starts at the wedding and there's definitely a lot of tension in the family. You're not sure why. Um, there's a son that is for reasons that you will learn why he isn't really uh, it's he's very uncomfortable at the wedding and um, you start at the wedding and then you dive back into the beginning of the family's um, kind of creation and uh, when the kids were young and you get this really like cold view of their father throughout most of the book and like this them not understanding why he is the way he is and then you get the last like fourth of the book it's just heartbreaking it's the father telling his side of the story and why he was the way he was and you will sob so so much but it's perfect it's beautiful and um, someplace if you just go and look for Fatima's name on our website you'll find the interview I did with her but man is it good so that's a place for us by Fatima Freen Mirza which is my favorite book of 2018 Next up, I have Monday's Not Coming by Tiffany D. Jackson. Um, I first read uh, Tiffany's uh, first book um, earlier at the recommendation of a friend, um, allegedly. And uh, that's, the, that's the title of the book. I was like, did you just say that this person was a friend, allegedly? No, the book was called Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I read that. And then when I, f- I loved it so much. And then when I found out she had a new one coming out. Um, I read it. So Monday's Not Coming is about um, a uh, teenager who is uh, sort of having a hard time in school and her best friend Monday has like disappeared after the summer. She's um, She doesn't show up for school and um, every time, you know, she starts to ask questions or um, be like, hey, where's Monday? <laughs> Nobody seems like none of the adults in her life seem to care about where Monday is. And um, so she sort of starts to get concerned and curious. And uh, yeah, it was really good. I highly recommend it. I also recommend Allegedly, and she has another one coming out next year, although the title is Escaping Me right now. Um, Escaping Me right now would be a good name of a book, too. It would. It would. But that's not the one you're talking about. Uh, my next one is An Absolutely Remarkable Thing by Hank Green. Uh, Hank was also on the show a couple months ago. Uh, this is his debut novel. He's the brother of John Green, which I only say because it's funny because like all of the descriptions of the novel for a long time were like, brother of John Green, Hank Green. It's like, made me chuckle. Uh, there is the, it's 
in New York City. A lot of New York City books, I just realized. Yeah. Um, it's in New York City, and these two 20-something-year-olds, uh, April and Andy, discover this giant, they're not sure if it's a robot or if it's a sculpture, what it is uh, in the middle of the street, and they, they make a video about it, and then they end up going to bed. And they wake up the next morning and their YouTube video is like the most watched thing in the world. And um, they're calling these robot sculpture things Carl's and they are all around the world and they don't know what's going on with them. But there's like dozens of them. And soon they discover that they're affecting society in a certain way. And it's just this whole book that shows how. Um, the internet, which can be a really terrible thing, also can be a way that connects the world and again, can help people work together on, on projects and, and help make the world a better place. And it deals with people being obsessive about their social media online presence and loneliness and people turning into media figures who maybe aren't ready to do so. And it just touches on a lot of stuff for this particular type of, of year. It's a very like 2000s book to me where it's so heavily focused on the world being a much smaller place because of the internet and how how that can be both a good thing and a bad thing. So an absolutely remarkable thing by Hank Green is my next one. Next up, I have Not That Bad, uh, edited by Roxanne Gay. I have a hard time talking about this book because I, I have a hard time knowing how to describe it. Um, this is an anthology of essays about rape and sexual assault and you know, related to the Me Too movement. Um, so saying, oh, it's really great. It's sort of yeah. not the right way to put it. Um, but I, I highly encourage everyone to read this if you have not yet. Um, there are essays from both men and women. Um, and it's just a really thought-provoking read. It's not one that I would necessarily recommend reading in one sitting, even though you probably could if you were dedicated enough. Um, I definitely had to kind of read it in pieces just because of the um, the content, but uh, that's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, my next one is The Largest of the Sea by Dennis Johnson. This is a collection of short stories. This is actually the last thing uh, Dennis Johnson wrote before he passed away. And it's a collection of stories that dives into um, kind of contemplating things that have happened in the past and can you look back and and having, you know, having a lot of regrets about life and um, being nostalgic for some situations and, and looking back sadly on others. And um, it's clear that, you know, Dennis was was pretty sick when he was writing this because it's, it's definitely a, it has a lot of finality to it. Um, it's it's pretty sad, but it's also really inspirational and it's it can be pretty grim at some in some places, but it can also be really funny in others. Uh, and I will say I'll recommend the audiobook, especially because Nick Offerman narrates it. Um, Nick Offerman was friends with Dennis Johnson, I believe. So uh, anything Nick Offerman reads improves the book. And The Largest of the Sea Maiden doesn't need to be improved. It's, it's amazing, but I mean, it's Nick Offerman. So, you know, that's my next one. I'm good. Next up, I have Sometimes I Lie by uh, Alice Feeney. We talked a bit about this um in we did a while back uh i spoke with some of our coworkers emma megan it's a very emma book it is um and so we talked about like uh suspense and thrillers and this book as as people who again like this was a dedicated episode about suspense and thrillers 
we all read a lot of this book and sometimes I lie blew us all away like all of us um we're completely thrown by all of the twists um we had an advanced copy that was being passed around and I mean passed around the turnover was in like a day or two because it was <laughs> it was that fast of a read and, and there was like a waiting list and all this stuff um I don't want to say anything about it. Mm-hmm. It's just so good. So that's Sometimes I Lie by Alice Eaney. Uh, the last of my top five, I couldn't talk about 2018 as a book year without bringing up Children of Blood and Bone by Tomi Adeyemi. Uh, she might be the, like, she's the next most important voice in young adult literature, if you ask me. And also she kind of owned 2018 when it comes to YA literature. Um, of course, the hate you give maintains like the number one spot, but that's you know I think two years old at this point. So Tommy, I mean, it was an instant New York Times bestseller. It was it made like every list you can imagine: best books of 2018, Publishers Weekly, New York Times, NPR, Bustle, Kirkus, Paste, like everywhere. It's all about this. Um, it is a like West African inspired fantasy, and she talks a lot. Actually, an interview I did with her a long time ago at this point about how the book was inspired by the Black Lives Matter movement and all of the uh, hatred and racism that's going on in our society. So there is, um, the main character's name is, is Zaley, and she is has this, this magic in her. She's one of these Orisha um, who, uh, sorry, she's in Orisha, and she has this, this magic in her, and it's basically like a, you know, not, it, the, the subtitle of it is Now We Rise, and it's all about like people who have been pushed against and been pushed down for so long in a society where classes matter a lot, and you know how this power that she has within her is able to help start make the, the seeds of change happen. And it's the first book in the series. It's so good. I can't wait for the next one, which I think comes out in March, which will probably be on my best books 2019 list. So, Children of Blood and Bone. I told me Adiami, I promise that's the last time I'll talk about it this year. Uh, and my last one is Bachelor Nation by Amy Kaufman. Um, so I love uh, books that sort of do in-depth looks at any kind of subject, really. But um, this one is all about the Bachelor TV show and uh, the franchise and also just sort of, you know, Amy talks a lot about... Um, Amy had written uh, about The Bachelor as a, as a reviewer, I think, for the L.A. Times um, and now has this book. All It's all about how the franchise got started, sort of the ins and outs of getting hiring on The Bachelor. She talks about the history of uh, dating reality TV shows or dating games, television shows. It's just a really interesting look um, inside this world. I mean, I mean, in the past, I've not watched it in a long time, but. There were several seasons where I did indeed watch The Bachelor um, and The Bachelorette. Um, it talks a lot about, you know, sort of the various standards, uh, the double standards, perhaps more that The Bachelor is held to versus The Bachelorette when it comes to, you know, the, what do they call them? Like the honeymoon, like the sweet, like, oh, yeah, I'm whatever, not, you know, watch, I, I know. I don't watch um, it's, it's failing me now, but um, yeah, it was a really... I think it was a really interesting look at this sort of huge cultural phenomenon that has been around um, and is still going. So I really enjoyed it. Yeah, those, yeah. 
it, that certainly is still going, and I imagine it will be for a long, long time. Um, okay, so those are the best books we read this year. Uh, you can find everything in the show notes. And as you're reflecting on your 2018, if you tweet or Instagram about uh, your favorite books of the year, tag us in it, because I, I want to see uh, which ones you love the most that you read this year. So um, anything else you think people should know about? I don't think so. Okay. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that list. We're looking forward to launching 2019 with our New Year's Eve episode in just a few short days and then a lot of fun stuff to come. So hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Pro... Oh, man. So close to the end. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. Hi there, I'm Heather Drago. And I'm Sarah Saunders. We host the podcast, That's a Hard No, about saying no and setting boundaries. So you can become that true and empowered you that this world needs. Saying no isn't just okay. It's the key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. I'm a licensed professional clinical counselor. So while this podcast is in no way a replacement for one-on-one therapy, I suppose I know what I'm talking about. I'd say so. We talk about learning to say no and set healthy boundaries and how it impacts mental health, physical health, relationships, parenthood, and more. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit our website, hardnopodcast.com. We're here to help you find your no and say it unapologetically. That's a hard no.